Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to my good nanny radio, MGN Radio. The best show on Blog Talk Radio for family information and entertainment. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to MGM Radio, our podcast on Blog Talk Radio. Today is October 25th. It's Tuesday and it's 1 p.m. Eastern. My name is Tasi and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining us. For those of you who will listen to the podcast later, we say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So we've had an amazing year. I can't believe in a couple of days. I want to encourage everyone to get out there and vote. Again, the election is November 8th, and hasn't it been such an interesting election? (laughs) Okay, so 2017, Dare to Aspire. A lot of people have been asking, when is our Dare to Aspire? We had such a great sixth conference this year with, you know, the keynote speaker, Lisa Price, and for those of you who joined us, you know, it was really an amazing event. Well, after multiple requests about when our 2017 conference is going to be, we finally, the team got together, and it's April 28th and 29th of 2017, so you're going to be seeing probably later this week. Um, Our promo is going to start. We know a lot of people want to get their vendor booths. We know a lot of people want to get their tickets. We have an amazing lineup of speakers that we're going to be introducing bit by bit. And then, of course, we always select an amazing keynote speaker. So, again, join us at d2aspire.com, and that's www.d2aspire.com. Okay, so today... My guest, I'm so excited because I'm a naturalista, and um, I love the the clipping extensions. And I'm so glad um, Lena Boone, who's the CEO of Curly Clips, is going to be on our show today. Um, And, of course, we're going to give her her fabulous MGN introduction. And let me tell you why I love this brand and um, what she's doing. She's a young lady. Um, Again, she's the owner of Curly Clips. You gotta check them out. It's with a K though, K U R L Y clips, K L I P S. And if you go to our Instagram pages, Twitter, you will see our our feeds have been blowing up with curly clips, so you can follow her and her brand. It's the world's first natural hair natural hair clip in extension brand. That's a mouthful. In less than three years. She has generated more than a million dollars in sales. Yay! And she shipped to over more than 50 countries. She's collected more than 1,100 on site reviews and over 100,000 social media followers. Um, Curly Clips has been featured in Essence Magazine, The Huffington Post, Black Hair UK, and of course, today, Drumroll, MGN Radio Podcast. So we're, we're really excited to chat with her all about her journey in this, you know, ever-changing 
tough world of business. And, um, you know, you can check out her picture. She's so delightful. Um, We'll be back after we pay some bills with the CEO, the founder of Curly Clips. And we're really, really excited. So we'll be back in, in just less than one minute. Zulon Press presents The Need Word, a compelling Christian novel by Ron Short, a powerful drama detailing the changes that God works in a person's life once they surrender control into his mighty hands. A story of troubles, trials, and triumphant transformations. The Need Word, available in all formats on Amazon.com and from Zulon Press. Ask your bookstore today about The Need Word. Check out ronshort.net for details. The Need Word. Get your copy today. Imagine being able to charge your phone anywhere. The Arc Sling Motion Converter turns movement into electricity, and it doesn't rely on the weather like solar or wind power. The motion of rocking or even walking harnesses kinetic energy, generating clean electricity to charge your cell phone, tablet, or other devices. Arc Sling is running a Kickstarter campaign to bring this technology to market. Visit ArcSling.com and rock out with the new energy generation. That's ARCSling.com. Hair Yum is the fastest growing vegan hair care product on the market. Hair Yum can transform your hair with one wash. Cleanse with no harsh chemicals, sulfates, or detergents. The Hair Yum collection is available now at HairYum.com. Take the challenge. Go vegan. Get Hair Yum at HairYum.com. That's H-A-I-R-Y-U-M.com. Your hair will thank you for it. All right. Um, Thank you for joining us today. I'm actually connecting Lena right now. Um, She's our guest, the CEO of Curly Clips on our podcast. So, Lena, say hello if you can hear me. Hi, it's Lana. How are you? Hi, Lana. (laughs) She's like, I love the way you did that so subtly. Lana, Lana, I love it. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. It's, It's my pleasure to be here, honestly. Excellent, excellent. So let's get started. I always tell our guests, the 30 minutes flies by. So why don't we get started with your background? How did you get started? And share, share your background and educational um, experience that you have. Absolutely. Well, um, my, my education is actually in broadcast journalism and international public policy. Um, and I worked for a network news station before I started Curly Clips. And, um, you know, what I found was that when I went to be the, uh, I went up for a job to be the foreign affairs correspondence researcher. And I had been working uh, at this uh, network news program for maybe about nine months at, at that time. And when I went up for this promotion, they told me that I was too international to be the foreign affairs correspondence researcher. And I, I kept wow. hearing that excuse from this employer uh, for almost every job I, I went after, and it's not like they didn't trust me because I was doing other things like White House producing on the weekend. I was a desk editor during the last election season. I mean, both uh, jobs which require um, a lot of trust, uh, a lot of organizational skills, uh, you know, very demanding jobs, but, you know, when it came to moving on, I kept being told that I was too international. And so my contract uh, with them was uh, over after 18 months, and I was unemployed. You know, I was unemployed 
I, I was getting an, I was collecting my unemployment uh, benefits, and I knew that they were going to end. And I didn't know what to do. You know, I had worked so hard to uh, progress in my journalism career. I had studied it since high school. I had gotten my master's degree in it. You know, I, my backup plan was international public policy. And nothing really seemed to be working out for me. Nothing. You know, I, I, I applied to, to everything. And it, it was just a hard time. This was about maybe a little over, um, a little over three years ago, maybe four years ago. And, it, you know, coming out of the recession, uh, times were tough. And so one thing that I was doing in the meantime was growing out my natural hair which means I was uh, laying off the chemical uh, relaxers to straighten my hair, and I just wanted to embrace my natural textured hair. So I was doing that by getting sew-in weaves. And uh, I would get them uh, once every two to three months. And, you know, I had, got, I had seen great progress with that, and I got to the point where my hair, my natural hair length, had been the longest it had ever been. And that was, you know, past my shoulders, you know, making its way down to bra length. And I was so excited for that. But one day, the stylist that I went to, uh, she was the one who was supplying me with these hair extensions, and she ran out. Uh, she, she basically ran out of hair, and she convinced me to stay in my sew-in weave for an additional month. So she wanted me to mm. stay in my sew-in for four months because she wow. said she would have the hair extensions then. Now, on the inside, I knew this was wrong. My intuition was yelling at me. I knew this was wrong, but I trusted her. You know, she gave me great advice before. She had given me no reason not to trust her. And she, you know, she told me, I'll be gentle when I take it out. You shouldn't see any damage. Trust me, your hair will be healthy. Yes, this isn't ideal, but, you know, I'll make sure that your hair is healthy afterwards. Just trust me. And so I did trust her, and unfortunately that, you know, what she promised wasn't the case at all. Um, to make a long story short, um, between her really rough detangling process and, you know, of taking it out and re-sewing it back in, it, it, was, it was such a mess that basically at the end of it, I had to cut hair that was finally past my shoulders almost back up to my chin. And I was devastated. Wow. Because I had just wow. spent so much time and so much money on growing out my hair and to have it, you know, it, it, to have it all go to waste like that was just, you know, it, it, it just, I can't describe it, but it, it was just so hurtful. Um, and combine that with the fact that the job of my dreams wasn't working out. You know, I was unemployed. I was becoming chronically unemployed. And it's like, you know, not only is my professional aspirations you know not not only have I, I do I feel like a failure with those but now I'm a failure in my natural hair journey you know I'm starting all over again and so you know after I came back from the salon that night and I, I'm sure other women might, might have this experience of when you go to the salon and you're just not happy with what you get but when you combine that you combine you know my the, the unemployment I mean I was just I literally, I fell on the bathroom floor and I just started crying because I had, my life to me felt like it was an absolute shambles. And I had worked so hard and had done all the right things to not make that the case. And I will say, I kind of like cried out to God and I, I said, you know, I give up. I said, I, I, I give up. I give up, 
you know, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. But I give up on my dreams. You know, if, if you want me to, you know, be a custodian, if that's my purpose in life, I'll do that. And I'll do it with an open heart. You know, if you want me to work at an animal shelter, that's what I do. But journalism, public policy, you know, I give up those dreams. I, I really kind of surrender. And I really kind of surrender to you. And I, I, I tell you, within that moment, um, I just got this idea almost instantaneously. And the idea was clipping extensions for natural hair. And I went to Google uh, clipping extensions for natural hair because I was going to buy me some because I knew that so many, you know, uh, white girls and Asian girls and Latinas, they all rely on clip-ins for their primary extension method. And so I figured, you know, well, I'm sure they make some in my hair texture, and at least that'll help me look good through this trying process. Because I just wasn't really comfortable with my hair in a super short length. And so, you know, I Googled clip-in uh, extensions for natural hair because I was going to buy me some, and uh, no results came up absolutely zero results and so I said that can't be so I typed in clip-in extensions for afro textured hair and then clip-in extensions for kinky hair and no matter what I what I typed into Google I couldn't find anything and I knew in that moment that um, a miracle truly was born and three years later uh, we've you know we've done over um, we've done we're a multi-million uh, million dollar company now and it, it's been an incredible blessing and I, I think I owe a lot of it to uh, being stripped of my ego and uh, surrendering uh, so that I could be more open to all the possibilities that that life uh, had to offer. Wow, wow. You said a lot. <laughs> and I know everybody can relate to the story, especially about the stylist and trying to extend the, the weave cycle or the extension cycle. And wow. That is, and I love the part where you said you surrendered everything to God, and then boom, this came up. But let's break it down a little bit because I know some mom or woman is like, I want to do that too, and we want it. We always try and get into the details, right? So now we know you Googled, you know, and you couldn't find which, which as we know, extensions have been like you said for the Asian girls rock them, Hispanic, the white girls rock them. You know, what made you even come up with the name, like Curly Clips? How did you come up with the name, Curly Clips? You know, it was, it was in the same, it was in the same night. I'm, I'm telling you, you know, everything fell into place um, so miraculously. <laughs> it was really weird. It really was. Um, I was, you know, when, when I couldn't find anything, I knew in that instance that I had a potential business. And so then I started thinking, well, what would I call it? And I'm like, well, Clipping extensions, and I was like, uh, I, it, I just it, that too came to me. I was like, well, I need clipping extensions for curly hair, and then I was like, curly clips. And the only reason why mm. I spelled it with K's instead of C's was because uh, at the time a curly clip spelled with C's was a paperclip company. So I said, you know, I really like this name. I want to stink. I want to stick with it. And so, uh, you know, I liked the alliteration. And so I decided to stick with Curly Clips. And I did, I did throw around the name uh, Kinky Clips for a while, but I didn't want to get confused with, like, an adult website provider. So I decided that <laughs> Curly Clips <laughs> might be the better alternative. 
Yes, yes, Curly. I think you were. I think you were right with that. Wow. Now, a lot of people. Let's. I'm gonna jump around, okay? Because I know I just saw something in the chat room, and they're like, "How much?" And I know, you know, we usually wait to the end to talk about price, but a lot of people probably have gone on your website. How much? do your clips, what's the, what's the range of the price? If somebody said, you know what, I love the way she looked from the picture, I like the stuff, what's the price point of your products? Yeah, the price points are um, between 159 and 199 And generally, it's a, you know, that's for one set of clip-in extensions. And some women only need one set, so maybe they're just looking for a bit more volume or just a bit more length to their own natural hair. And so they're cool. They're totally good with one set. Um, but if you are looking to cover, you know, an entire head with extensions and you don't want hardly any of your own natural hair left out because, let's say, you're doing a protective style, well, then in that case, you might need two Though some women who have smaller than average heads still can get away with one set. So, you know, it, it honestly depends. But uh, for the most part, they range from 159 to 199 Okay, great, great. That's affordable. So, okay, awesome. excellent. Now, in terms of your initial investment, when you, when you came up with the idea and Googled it and da-da-da, we all know in business it takes money. How did you come up with the initial investment to start your business? Did you take a loan? And give us a ballpark of what you actually, what was the cost of starting this business? Yeah, you know, again, this was about, this was a little over three years ago, so uh, times might have changed in terms of how much it, start, it takes to start a business today. But then, uh, basically, I had my money that I saved from working in network news. And, um, you know, at the time, because I was unemployed, you know, I was very fortunate that my, my father let me come back and live in his house. And so that's what I did. You know, I was able to take the uh, money that I had earned and saved at Network News and use that uh, towards my business. And I was very practical with it. So I said, okay, how much money, you know, can I afford to lose if this doesn't work out? And so that's what really kept me on a bootstring budget because, you know, I, I'm, I don't think it's the best idea just to throw, you know, all kinds of cash and an idea. You really, really want to stay within a, a budgetary frame and try to make it work within that frame because I'm not necessarily a huge believer in taking investment when it comes to small business or taking loans. If, you know, you have an opportunity to work and save money towards a future business and to invest in it yourself, you know, I, I think that's probably the best way to go. And within a ballpark, I spent um, between seven to about between seven to $10,000 getting curly clips off the ground. And so, and a lot of that money went to inventory because the hair that I source is not cheap. It's actually very expensive. Uh, and that's why I have to price it uh, at, the, at the way I, I price it because, you know, then there's also overhead on top of that. There's taxes. There's a lot to running a business. Uh, and so, you know, the hair, the hair itself is actually really expensive, and that's what ate up most of uh, my initial investment. Uh, it was inventory, and I, I had a pretty small inventory too, but that was all defined. I really looked at my budget and said, okay, you know, 
how many, uh, you know, how, how many pieces of hair can I buy within this budget? And also, you know, how much is it going to take to get a website up and running? And how much is it going to take to do the packaging? And how much is it going to take to do that? And then after figuring out all of that, that's when I could really decide, okay, what can I afford to do within this budget? Wow, excellent, excellent, Lana. Now, is your do you get your hair from China or Korea or, you know, domestically, internationally? Where, where do you source your hair from? And how was that process of finding the right supplier for your products? Yeah, I mean, I mean, what I'll say is the hair is sourced internationally. Um, and what I will say is that it's, it's definitely a research um, endeavor. You know, you have to find uh, a company that sources the hair, sources the hair ethically, uh, and also is ethical to you in business. Because a lot of times, uh, you know, when you try to source hair yourself online, what you'll find is basically a lot of scammers. You know, what's really huge in the hair industry now, especially when you have perhaps large hair factories trying to source directly to the American consumer or the European consumer, basically what they're doing is, you know, giving that individual consumer, um, you know, bad bundles of hair because they're saving their better bundles for people who can buy and large quantities at one time. But it's not only that, even if you do want to buy in large quantities at one time, you know, when you're sourcing internationally, um, you know, international law and and things like that apply differently. Uh, There's a lot of impunity for uh, companies overseas, and they know that. So, uh, you know, they might mix human hair with horse hair, and that's how you get these really, really bad quality hair extensions. Or they may mix synthetic hair with human hair. And, again, that's why they don't act right. And it's a shame because, you know, they might do a really great job your first few runs, and then all of a sudden they turn on you when, you know, you think that you're not looking. And, um, you know, all of a sudden they start sending you uh, bad quality stuff. And so, you know, you're really trying to look for an ethical uh, supplier uh, someone who does good business and who will do good business with you. And so that's one thing that I always kind of look for uh, when it comes to uh, sourcing hair extensions. Now, did you get it right your first time, or did it take maybe you trying several companies before you said, yes, this is the one that, that's going to give me good quality um, hair? Yeah, you know, it did take, it was trial and error. I, you know, it did take uh, several companies uh, to try to figure out what their business style was. And a lot of it was uh, intuitive, and I paid a lot of uh, attention to communication, how they communicated with me. Um, But, again, I'll be really honest, the the start of Curly Clips um, in that regard, again, was kind of miraculous because, I found a great supplier very fast. And what I will say is I haven't been able to find another supplier that matches in quality the supplier that I have now. And I've been looking for one for three years. Wow. Wow. Well, that says a lot. Yeah, because I know a lot of people, when they hear, and this is so impressive, you know, and that's why I'm like I can't wait to Dare to Aspire 2017 because, 
you know, our theme is the beauty of business. And when people hear, oh, you know, you're a multi-million dollar business, like I always tell people, we don't talk to the fakes, you know, the people who say they have millions and don't. You have a real business that really is a multi-million dollar business. And so that's why I'm taking the time to kind of talk to you and ask you these questions. And I hope our listeners are really, you know, grab your pen and paper because this is real business advice. And so we really, really thank you. Now, in terms of marketing your brand, again, you started three years ago. Oh, first, when did you when did you reach the million dollar mark and how was that? I know our listeners will probably like that story. When did you reach the million dollar like how was that? You know what? I can't even give you an exact date because I mean this is a critical piece of the advice uh, that I've learned along the way. You know, I got it from a mentor. But what I will say is that in the beginning, of course, you know, you have to manage your cash flow. You have to manage the money. But, and of course, you want to have a profitable business and you want to keep the roof over your head. You want to keep the machine running. But honestly, it wasn't about the money. So I can't even really tell you when that first million mark was made because I really wasn't paying attention to that gross figure. What I was paying attention to was the cash flow. So always making sure that there's enough coming, money coming in so that I can rebrand and pay the taxes that I need to pay because, you know, Curly Clips pays taxes on two continents. You know, I pay the queen and I pay Uncle Sam. But, like, you know, making sure that there's enough cash flow coming in, you know, to be able to pay for those expenses. You know, I think a lot of times when people see a seven-figure business story, and even when people, you know, do get to that figure, they think they have all this money in their their bank account or in their pockets. That's furthest from the truth. I mean, if you're growing a scalable business, a majority of that money is going to get reinvested and it's going to go back to taxes and it's going to go back to purchasing more inventory. And, you know, I can live comfortably off of curly clips and that's true, but you really have to take all of those expenses into account uh, because the money leaves just as fast as it does coming in and you (laughs) really have to pay attention to that. I love that. That is is true business advice. It's true. I don't know exactly when that date, when, when that, when the, I don't know the date that number was hit, <laughs> but I was focused on serving my customers. And what I was trying to do was build a better beauty brand, especially for the black hair market, because I felt for so long, it was just a shady industry. And, you know, when I was trying to purchase hair extensions online, I felt like I was paying hundreds of dollars and these companies were treating me like a second class citizen. You know, I would ask for maybe a discount after my third purchase, and they wouldn't even email me back. And so what I did was I just really sought to and put my focus on creating a business that truly appreciates the customer, and not just through words, but through action. So that's why Curly Clips has a rewards program, because when I was buying hair online, I wanted a rewards program. And that's why we put so much emphasis and money and an effort into the YouTube videos. So, you know, you're not out here basically by yourself once you get the product. You know exactly what to do with it. And that's even why we put so much money into packaging because we know that a lot of women save hard 
for these, you know, for the luxury of having clipping extensions. And so we just want to make sure that the experience is just, just, just experience is good. We just want to make sure that the customer can feel the love from this, from this company to them, from this black owned company to, you know, the customer. So it, I think that was another reason why Curly Clips was so successful. The focus really was on, you know, delighting the customer and making them as happy as possible with their purchase. Wow. It wasn't now, what, speaking of – very, very good. Now, speaking of YouTube, what's your favorite social media platform and why, especially when it's in, in terms of, like, you were an, an unknown business three years ago? Like, what was your – did you use social media first, and what was your favorite and why? Yeah, the social media landscape has changed so much. Uh, before, YouTube was, I feel like, a very dominant leader, and it still is in some cases. Uh, but if, I feel like if you really didn't get into the YouTube game in, like, 2009, 2010, it's very difficult uh, to establish a following. And not only that, uh, there's so much noise on YouTube now. Facebook is playing very much like traditional media is playing. Uh, before, it was very... Uh, it was very easy and very fun to be able to interact with your customers on Facebook. And now Facebook doesn't want businesses to do that. They basically just want businesses to pay for ads just like they would do on television. Um, the one platform that I do see a lot of promise with still is Instagram. Uh, it's a really great way to engage with customers and to talk to them, see what they want and to also, you know, delight them. And, and, you know, for me, and for the Curly Clips company, you know, we're really about celebrating um, natural hair textures and the beauty of natural hair textures, no matter how, what you want to do with them, uh, whether you want to, you know, wear it as, you know, undefined as possible, if you want to define them into curls, or if you want to, like, if you want to heat train your hair, you know, we're just about celebrating natural hair textures in all their states. And so that's what we try to promote uh, on Instagram. So right now I would say my favorite platform is probably Instagram, uh, but uh, I'm really personally not on social media. So uh, from a, a business standpoint, definitely that, but from a personal standpoint, you know, I've, I've kind of backed away from all of that. So from a business, and I love Instagram too. I love, love, love Instagram. That's my favorite. But from a personal standpoint, you said you're not on social media? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I found, I just felt like there was too much noise. And social media really, con uh, I think, really encourages, maybe on a subconscious level, uh, a, just comparison. You know, they, they, you can't help but compare yourself to others when you're on social media. And, it, you know, it's where everyone puts up their highlight reels. Uh, you, you know, you don't necessarily see the struggles people are facing. You only see the highlights. And so what I found was, I, you know, I'm really just trying to focus on, on my business here and, you know, the people who do work uh, for Curly Clips with Curly Clips and all of, all of the beautiful customers we serve. And so I just felt like I really couldn't do that properly with um, personal social media platforms. Hmm. Very interesting perspective. Now, in terms of just, you know, your black-owned company, um, what challenges do you face as a minority woman in business? You know, I will say this. Um, 
I was very uh, thoughtful about curly clips because I, you know, after kind of being burned by network news, you know, one thing that I realized was that I wanted to serve my own community because my own community wasn't going to reject me because of my skin color. And I, I just never wanted to have the face. I didn't, I never wanted to deal with that again. So I was very deliberate in making sure that I served my own community because I knew that if I showed my community love, they would show me love back. Uh, and so, you know, in that regard, I don't think I might have the same challenges that would face another Black-owned uh, business that might be serving all types of people. Um, you know, I have a few, I have a few uh, friends and acquaintances who are, you know, are running minority-owned businesses, and, you know, they deal with a lot from, you know, do you put your own face on the brand because, you know, social bias will, will tell you that, you know, people who aren't, who don't look like you will basically not trust you for that. You know, do you, you know, put people of color in your marketing campaigns knowing that it might turn away a huge segment of business? You know, luckily, I don't really necessarily have to deal with that. But I will say, I think really the challenge of being a woman and particularly a black, owned, uh, a black woman uh, in business is probably just being taken seriously uh, from others. And that could be with contractors. And that can even be, you know, with acquaintances and from, you know, uh, other professionals in business. Uh, a lot of times they might not want to take you seriously. They might not want to treat you as an equal or maybe they try to get too personal too fast. Uh, and then that's not <laughs> something that they would necessarily do with men or with uh, women of uh other of other ethnic groups and so you know it's that that to me is really the challenge in my particular case it's more of a, a social challenge of being taken seriously and not necessarily just as an object well said can i wish i could clap for that <laughs> and those who are listening let me tell you lana is the truth when it comes to this. Let me tell you. Oh, oh my, you are just, you are just all that, you know? I love, love, love it. Wow, time is flying. I want to get the rest of the questions in. Now, what skills, because you're, you're very well educated, like you say, your father, shout out to your father for, and all the good dads out there, um, for helping their daughters, their sons with businesses, because a lot of times kids don't have that. But what do you feel are some of the skills that are very important for a successful career, whether it's in beauty or medicine or news? What are some skills that you feel are just very important to have? Yeah, you know, I think the first skill that comes to mind is the ability to research. And I really think that's where my journalism background really comes in. Um, you know, I'm not afraid of Google. I know how to Google. You know, I don't have a formal business education. I learned everything I do about business uh, basically online. And I can differentiate the difference between a credible website from a non-credible website. And so those are all, uh, you know, basic research functions that I think are incredibly important because you can do anything if you know how to Google and you know how to sort through, um, you know, sort through the sources. 
So I would say that is incredibly important. And, you know, also just um, not really getting discouraged. Uh, I know one uh, in my personal journey, uh, you know, a lot of my, uh, the people around me at the time, you know, they were, they were in wonderful careers, you know, careers that I wanted and that I dreamed of having myself. You know, some of them, you know, worked for, uh, you know, incredible news networks and, you know, were doing very well in them, uh, whether they were in radio or television. You know, other people were working, you know, maybe at, like, top consultancy firms like Booz Allen or Deloitte. You know, other people were working at the White House. I had some friends working at the World Bank, the IMF. And, you know, when I decided that I was going to go into hair, a lot of people, you know, turned up their nose at me and laughed. And they said, oh, Lana couldn't make it, so she had to start selling hair online. And I think that would Mm. have discouraged a lot of other people, you know, because they have a you know, I, what's the best way to say this? But I think status is, is really important to some people. But for me, I kind of felt like life had kind of pushed me in a corner. And I kind of remember that line in the movie. I think it's like, nobody puts baby in the corner. And I just came out fighting <laughs> and I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care. I kind of was looking at it as a life or death situation. And I decided I was going to fight my way through it. And I, don't, I didn't care what other people thought. And so, you know, there was a courage in doing that and to kind of going against the grain of what, you know, your community says that you should be doing. And I'm so happy I did because I'm a lot happier now doing, you know, this completely unexpected uh, business. You know, I get to serve lots of wonderful women. I, you know, I get to make them feel good about their hair, which, you know, to a lot of women, you know, means so much. And, you know, this, the, the service is wonderful. And then I'm also learning a lot about business, and nobody can fire me besides the customer. <laughs> and as long as I treat them right, you know, they're not going to do it. So it's just, it's just it's that, that courage to, to do what you need to do is, is also key, researching, and then money management. Because if you, can't, if you can't manage money and if you don't have an understanding that, inventory is going to need to be paid, taxes are going to need to be paid, you know, business services, legal expenses. If you're not managing this cash, you know, that's, you're going to fail. And so, you know, you have to constantly stay on top of the money. And I, I think Oprah taught me that. She said she knows every single dollar that comes in and out of all of her businesses. And that is essential because if you don't do it, you know, the business fails. Wow. Now, for your tax, I know a lot of people in our conferences, tax is such a big question. Especially small, how do you start, da, da, da. Do you hire a professional or when you started out, did you just do it yourself? Or from the get-go, did you hire a professional? Well, from the get-go, I did my bookkeeping myself, and then I hired uh, an accountant to do my taxes. You know, I, 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 got a, I used my uh, dad's uh, account, and I did my research on them, and they were voted best in the area, and they had been best in the area for quite some time. I mean, that, your taxes are something that you don't want to go cheap on. You know, you really want to make sure, especially when it comes to business, you really want to make sure that you spend a little money to make sure that they're done correctly. So that's one thing I started. Then I realized that bookkeeping just 
shouldn't necessarily be one of my main functions in my business. So I did source that out to an online company. But with that said, every single week, I still go over my balance sheet and I still look at every single expense from the week before. And I also look at all the money that came into the business. So I always know where I stand from a weekly and sometimes even a daily, uh, from a daily position. Very good. Now, do you have a business mentor, um, somebody that guides you um, when you have business questions or advice? Do you have a business mentor? Yeah, you know, I would say that my uh, my business mentor for right now is, is still my dad. Uh, we're in completely different industries. You know, he's semi-retired. He worked in the insurance industry. And so, you know, I have an online business. It's pretty different, but there's some classical Uh, business advice that can be applied to all business. And so, uh, you know, he weathered a lot of storms. You know, my dad, he was born in 45. He, you know, saw the civil rights, you know, era. He was the first black man to integrate the insurance industry. So, you know, there was, at least on the East Coast and like one of some of the big companies. So, you know, there... If I figure if he could go through all that and do it, I mean, I can too. I think that's also what really pushes me, a sense of looking at your ancestors and seeing what they went through and then looking at yourself and being like, I have no excuse, especially with the Internet on my side. <laughs> especially, wow. And for we people, are talking to you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I said for people who might not have personal mentors, I just want to say that, you know, podcasts such as these and, you know, such as yours, uh, Tasi, and, you know, podcasts can be such a valuable resource of information. So can really credible blogs. So just because maybe you don't necessarily have a family member, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't get the same information. You know, you can get it through podcasts and you can get it through books and you can get it through, there's so many ways to get information. And so, yeah, I, I, you know, my dad definitely kind of helps me uh, from a classical business sense in terms of, you know, best business practices. But everything that I learned from online marketing and setting up an online business and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you know, I basically learned from books, from podcasts, and, um, you know, from, from those kind of areas. Wow, exactly. Um, we're going to take a quick break, 30 seconds, play, pay this bill, and then I'm going to come back with our final question for Lana Boone. Zulon Press presents The Need Word, a compelling Christian novel by Ron Short, a powerful drama detailing the changes that God works in a person's life once they surrender control into his mighty hands. A story of troubles, trials, and triumphant transformations. The Need Word, available in all formats on Amazon.com and from Zulon Press. Ask your bookstore today about The Need Word. Check out ronshort.net for details. The Need Word. Get your copy today. Excellent. We are back and we're rounding up the interview. So my final question is, what is the best advice that you have received in business? You know, I... There's been a lot of great advice that, you know, I've received, but I think the best advice actually comes from my dad, and he has a saying, and it goes, ain't nothing to it but to do it. 
<laughs> Ain't nothing to it but to do it, you know. And he's so right. <laughs> he has all these, he's from North Carolina. He has all these like little country sayings, and that's one of them. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. And he's so true. Because, you know, sometimes things look so difficult, you know, and you look like there's a huge wall in front of you and you're like, how in the world am I going to scale this wall to, you know, to get to the other side to what I need to do? And really it's it's just, you know, it just starts with taking one step and then another step and then another step. And there's been plenty of times in business where I felt like something was too challenging, like, you know, maybe I should hire it out because, you know, it's, it's, it's too much for me to learn. But what I find is it's always better, especially when there are critical components of your business, to just, instead of letting it overwhelm you, just start taking those baby steps into doing it. And before you know it, you're, you're in the thick of it. And then as time goes by, you, you, you know what you're doing. You've cleared that wall and you can see across the other side. Wow, excellent, excellent. Well, this has been so great. I knew time will fly. My producer's like over, over, but I just I could talk to you all day. Um, and I just want to thank you so much for your candor and just your realness. And, you know, best of luck with Curly Clips. I'm so excited you're going to be at Dare to Aspire 2017. I'm so excited. Um, please tell our, our listeners on the podcast one more time how they can get a hold of you and your brand and your business. Absolutely. Uh, you can find us online at Curly Clips, K-U-R-L-Y-K-L-I-P-S.com. That's Curly Clips dot com with K's and all of our social media handles uh, also follow that same uh, game. So you can find us youtube.com slash curly clips, facebook.com slash curly clips, Instagram at curly clips. Um, you know, we have all those, all those domains and names covered. Wow. And thank you, you so it. much too for I'll... this opportunity. I really appreciate it. And I, I really hope it helps uh, another woman out there because the more, strong woman-owned businesses we have in this world, the better. Exactly. Exactly. Well said. Thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate you and your time. We know you're a very busy lady. Thank you so much. Now, join us tomorrow. Tomorrow we have another show with author, best-selling author, um, Ron White. So tomorrow at 2 p.m., we're going to do another podcast. So make sure you join us and have a blessed day, everyone. Bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.